Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. It is game night in Phoenix. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Is it must-win game night in Phoenix? Vinny. It's damn close. <laughs> that's 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 the right answer. Yeah, because there is no absolute answer because logically it most certainly is not. Uh, realistically, mm, it's a different story, but yes. I, I think I like the way you put it. Pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vinny's decked out in his purple Suns T-shirt well, today. We got the uh, we got the memo from from the the higher up offices that it's Suns yeah. Day. Every day is game day. So the fun Kitos, the fun Kitos. Bro. Wow. <laughs> so we can uh, we can wear Suns garb to work. Instead I of either the normal tuxedo. I either I wear. <laughs> don't get memos or I don't read memos, and I'm banking it's the latter. <laughs> I bet I know which one. I'm sure you got it. <laughs> That's what I just said. Yes, I'm yes. banking it's the latter. I'm banking that too. It's, I'm banking it's the it's one the, right. with three exclamation points in the subject oh, okay. line. So you gotcha. can't miss it yeah. unless you're gotcha. And plus, over the years, I've accumulated a lot of sun stuff. Oh, yeah. hey, okay. So okay. might as well wear it, right? Okay, good. How many yeah. t-shirts on estimate? Um, over under 50. Well, it's under fifty. Okay, but the T-shirts with the pullovers and the polo shirts and yeah, all of it—it's just yeah, it's a lot. Do you own any, own any jerseys? I do. I'm not a big like. I love jerseys, but I don't ever wear them. I I think they belong on a on a wall as opposed to a person. Oh, I was going to say, I think they belong on a much more fit person. On an well, that too. Hey! <laughs> Thanks for tapping into if my you, security. If, no, if, you, if you came in one day wearing just a basketball jersey. With no it? undershirt or anything, you would no. You would call the authorities because yeah, that'd wrong be pretty gross. Yeah, that's yeah. You, you don't want to be doing that. Don't wear a tank top no. to work, guys. No, and, and don't and, wear sandals. And that's been listen. That's been <laughs> a, it's been an issue facing the NBA for years. People would love to wear replica jerseys, but nobody wants to see armpit hair. Nobody, <laughs> true. especially so then, Jarrett. So then you got to <laughs> right. Well, any of it. No, where does the hair right. end and where does the other hair begin? Well, the, it, it never does. You're right. It just kind of, right. It's like, it's like the old land bridge that used to connect the continents. It just never ends. It's the Panama Canal <laughs> of hair. It's just like this big Pangea it's what, of it's hair. It's big Pangea of hair. That's exactly what it is. Right, here we go. Show your sun spirit. Three exclamation points. Yep, there there it is. you know. Yeah. It's not too oh, late. it ends with Shazam. Vic, if you want, I can run home during a commercial break and get you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, you're the only one that did it of, of the four of us. So, well, it doesn't fit your brand, Jarrett. We know this. Yeah. Well, nor nor mine. <laughs> yeah, nor mine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I think not, I think I think we've all served it. our brands here today. Yeah. I think. I'll I think. be the school spirit no, okay. dork. Thanks, no, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so good. All right. Start the show, you hairy freak. <laughs> 
splash. splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. By the way, congratulations. If you had Hair Pangea on the opening of the show bingo card, you won about a trillion dollars. Excellent line. You never know what's going to come up in that first segment. No. A huge game for the Suns tonight. Game two of the Western Conference quarterfinals against the L.A. Clippers. L.A. took game one, 115-110 on Sunday night. Suns guard Cameron Payne still listed as questionable for game two, just as he was in game one when he didn't play. He's out with a back injury. We'll see what his status is. Paul George, the only name on the Clippers injury report, out with a knee injury. Tonight's game tips off at 7. Extended coverage starts at 6 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. And I think that is the perfect way to, uh, to phrase it. When you're not facing elimination, there's no such thing as a must-win game. No. But no. By it's pretty no, darn close. By no stretch do the Suns want to go to L.A. down 0-2. No, no, no. This it, it Just it, really, for the sake of this valley, for the sake of the psyche, um, already our buddy Clue Haywood, Haywood was talking about, the, he put a term together, the vicious insanity of Suns Twitter based off of one game. That's so good, for, so for the to... sake of the Valley, just win tonight. Yes. There you go. There you go. Do it for all there of us. There you go. Uh, Philadelphia jumped out to a 2-0 series lead on Brooklyn with a 96-84 win. Tyrese Maxey led the way with 33 points. Cam Johnson, Johnson had 28 points in the loss for Brooklyn. Another highlight dunk. He's a posterized Joe Ooh, Olympia, but it wasn't now hold enough. On. Now hold on. Stop there real quick. We've seen these moments from Cam Johnson in the past. The driving dunks when he elevates more than people expect expect him to, uh-huh. and the results are very, very surprising. Yes. That might have been an all-timer because he even looked at Joel Embiid afterwards. He looked at him and he kind of split two defenders, uh-huh. and it was Joel Embiid. Like, we <laughs> all remember the uh-huh. dunk in the finals against the Bucks when uh-huh. he basically just embarrassed P.J. Tucker. That's P.J. Tucker. Yeah, this is Joel Embiid yeah. he dunked on. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Brooklyn scored just 35 points in the second half. Uh, the defending champion Warriors down 0-2 after the Sacramento Kings won one 114-106 in Game 2. Sacramento exploded for 41 points in the second quarter after a slow start. Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox each had 24 for the Kings. Draymond Green went full Draymond. He was ejected in the fourth quarter after getting tangled up with Sabonis and stomped on his chest. Knucklehead. Sabonis got a technical for grabbing Green's leg. Green went full WWE heel and was inciting the crowd during the review period. Um, he might get suspended for well, that. Well, he might get suspended for that last part. That yes. last pa- part folded into the first part. Might could you imagine what the league is go- trying to like sift through with this thing? Game three in Golden State. You sit him down. This thing could be a four game sweep. I mean, they're a different team at home, as we know, but right. he's instrumental to what they do. We'll see. Uh, it's a big decision coming. Uh, Sabonis, by the way, had x-rays on his ribs and lungs, but they came back negative. Uh, tonight's schedule in the NBA features two other games. Celtics hosting the Hawks in Game 2 at 4. Boston leads that series 1-0, in it's Game 2 in Cleveland between the Cavs and the Knicks. New York took Game 1 over the weekend. That contest tips off at 4.30. The MRI on Giannis Antetokounmpo's back showed no damage. The Bucks are optimistic for his status. 
about his status for Game 2 of their series against the Miami Heat, which they trail 0-1. Grizzlies big man, Jaron Jackson Jr. Say that 15 times fast. Uh, He's the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year, beating out Milwaukee's Brooke Lopez and Cleveland's Evan Mobley. Jackson led the NBA in block shots three per game. He's only the second Memphis player ever to win the award, and the first since Mark Gasol took the honor in 2013. Cardinals made it official on Monday. They signed quarterback Jeff Driscoll to a one-year contract. He joins the quarterback room, which already features Kyler Murray, of course, recovering from ACL surgery, Colt McCoy, and David Blau. Last season in Houston, Driscoll started two games, threw for 108 yards and a touchdown. Cardinals were also awarded safety Javante Moffitt off waivers from the Atlanta Falcons. Is there a reason why they're beefing up their safety position at this point? <laughs> beef. <laughs> Dangling beef. I got, a, I got a text from a football writer friend of mine who said, your football team might go winless this coming season, and he was dead serious. They might. It's hard to do, but they might. Uh, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, now the highest paid player of all time. Five years, $255 million in an extension, $179 million guaranteed. Uh, of course, he led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, uh, where they lost to the Chiefs last season. Paven Smith's first career Grand Slam in the seventh inning fueled the Diamondbacks' 6-3 win over the Cardinals in the opener of a three-game series. D-backs now 10-7, and two games in front of the Dodgers in first place in the NOS. That series continues today. Dre Jameson against yeah. Jordan Montgomery. And, and Andrew Chafin, closer. And looking it's good. Happening. Looking yep. good at doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, Zach Gallen named the National League Player of the Week. After he went 2-0 and with a 0.00 ERA in 18 strikeouts and 13 and two-thirds innings and two Arizona wins. Yankees ace Garrett Cole won the American League honor. DJ Horn, formerly of ASU, transferring to NC State. That'll be his third college. Sun Devils also picked up a transfer. Adam Miller, guard from LSU. He averaged 11.5 points per game and 33 starts for the Tigers. That'll be his third stop. He started his career at Illinois. Got a scorecard for these kids now. They exchange schools every yeah, year. Right. Uh, and uh, four more game ones in the NHL playoffs tonight. New York Rangers at New Jersey. Tampa Bay visiting Toronto. Winnipeg's in Vegas. And the Avalanche host the Seattle Kraken, who make their postseason debut tonight in uh, in Denver. There you go. There's your splash for Tuesday, April 18th. Coming up next, it is game night in downtown Phoenix, and it is a big one for the Suns. We're doing a little soul searching. We're getting, getting into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on this Tuesday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. There's always things that you can do better. Uh, You're making in-game adjustments on the fly. Uh, But the thing that stuck out, you know, we we know we didn't play uh, the kind of basketball that we are accustomed to. They had a lot to do with it. But the rebound piece was something that uh, they know it, we know it. We have to do a better job. 14 offensive rebounds. That was hard to swallow. 
in the fourth quarter, those last few possessions, I think we were on defense for 51 seconds because they kept getting extra possessions. So we got to keep those guys off the glass. It's Monty Williams on what needs to improve in Game 2 if the Suns want to even things up tonight at Footprint Center in their best-of-seven series against the L.A. Clippers. Rise and shine, Suns fans. I'll get the bad uh, news this? out of the way yeah, for you we'll, early. We'll rise, they shine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, get. Can we get a breaking news sounder, Jared Carlin, just to jar everything? Everybody awake? I don't. Okay. Do you really want it? No, it's okay. Now it they was, don't like me to abuse it. Uh, oh, I've, okay. In the, so in the past, I've, I see. oh, I I've see. used they it comically, to... and they said, uh, "Don't." Uh, NBA uh, referee don't assignments for tonight. Uh oh. Your umpires: J.B. DeRosa, your referee Eric Lewis, and your crew chief Scott Foster. Not J.B. DeRosa. Foster. Oh. Yeah. So the Suns Scott will have. Foster. Uh, Mark Davis and Scott Foster in games one and two. Again, we pointed this out in the weeks uh-huh. leading up, or the week leading up to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Mark Davis, the Suns had a two and five record in games refed by Mark Davis yeah. this year. It's two and six now. Well, I was, they actually had a winning record in Scott Foster games this year. Right. I, I was thinking about this, and because I know a lot of people are not a, a, a few people have pointed out that Kawhi traveled a couple of times last game, and he, he, he indeed did. Yes, but that doesn't mean the referees were bad in game one. It's just it, the one sidedness of of this perspective always drives me nuts. It's they're yeah they're bad they're bad for both teams. So anyways, uh, the last thing I want is referees being in the Suns' heads going into tonight's game, and and uh, unfortunately this will probably make that impossible. Yeah, there was one like I went back and rewatched the game, you know, and it's good to get the perspective from the television broadcast. I think, and there was a play that stood out to me in the third quarter that was officiating related. Tory Craig picked up his fourth personal foul uh, in the. Third quarter with four minutes and ten seconds to go. Suns were up seven at the time, and they were rolling. And on the possession, Devin Booker hit a three. It mm-hmm. got nullified because they called an illegal screen on Torrey Craig that could have gone either way. And those illegal screens, oh, okay. it seems like a real convenient call to make. But that nullified the three. The lead stayed at seven, and that's when the Clippers started to creep back in. And the Suns really only, after that point, once the Clippers caught them, only had the lead briefly in in the fourth quarter. I think it was a really pivotal call. Yeah. Not necessarily incorrect. Yeah. Okay. But convenient, meaning the refs would purposely tighten the game up? I don't... That's where you don't know. Obviously, even if a ref had that agenda... Mm-hmm. To blow the whistle, you don't know how things are going to transpire after. I get very frustrated as a as just a consumer of basketball, even if it's two teams that I have no rooting interest in. When they start to call those illegal screens, because you could really call it all the time, it's like holding in, in football. It's like when yeah. are you, when are you going to pick? Unless it's egregious, point. I don't. Yeah, think I, it should I, be I tend to agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, Why are they so hyper in, in 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 adjudicating those screens? What what prompted that? Were guys taking liberties through screens? Guys I, getting injured? Uh, I, I I mean, if if again, if it's egregious and you stick out a hip or you're moving too much, you could you could okay. injure a player. But okay. it just seems like you got to be a total statue, right? I would I don't know if there's a way to look up the stats, but I I would guess Bismack Biombo led the league in illegal screens per minute play. <laughs> he got called for one every single game in the regular season. Mm, okay. Anyway, uh, more from Monty Williams on. What he gleaned from his team's performance, and he used the word hesitant. I thought there was some hesitation. I wouldn't call it panic or any. I just thought we were hesitant. Uh, When they had 
Zubach on Tory instead of just going at him with D.A. and then picking rolls and taking advantage of that. We did it one time. D.A. got a dunk. I thought we were a bit hesitant, and we were slow. We were getting into our first option with 14 seconds on the clock. That's not what we did. So I think tomorrow we'll have more um, urgency to get down the floor, but we got to get the ball. Can't give up that many offensive rebounds and expect to play fast. Yeah, the offensive rebounds as the game wore on in the second half and things got tight and it was a one possession, two possession game, man, mm-hmm. that really stood out, especially in the final minutes of the fourth quarter with yeah. Russell Westbrook playing with his hair on fire and everybody just in in a son's uniform just kinda watching him. Yeah, that that's, can't continue. Yeah, and that that I that I really I'm I'm really having a hard time understanding and reconciling how this lack of urgency came out of Monty Williams' mouth again. How many times last year in the first two rounds did we hear that man say that about his basketball team a lot so you would think that this year in a in a journey of atonement as i like to call this playoff journey you would think game one there would not be any rolling slow into into the series and yet they did it again yes and so what is the matter with this basketball team there was in in re-watching it big it seemed like there was just an uncertainty they looked like a team that had played eight games together and they look like, okay, this is a new stage we're playing on at yeah. the playoffs. The intensity is is ramped up. That's and what it is. sometimes basketball's really easy to break down, and you can go under the surface and find a lot of things, which we have and we will today and leading up to Game 2. But the Suns were just tight offensively, and shots that they make, they didn't make. Chris Paul yeah. took a lot of really good shots. That yeah, just that is did true. not go yeah. down. Yeah. Kevin Durant started the game, um, and... and let me see if you agree with me on this. We've only seen Kevin Durant play nine games for the Suns. Mm-hmm. And most of those games, he's just been lights out. But when he struggled, mm-hmm. and he even talked about it in the home debut, the game against Minnesota, where he did not shoot the ball well, and he started out and he missed a handful of shots. Mm-hmm. And he even admitted, I started pressing, trying to get back to 50%. I think that happened to a degree in the Clippers game, too. You start 0 for 5, 1 for 6. Yeah. You start to think about it a little yeah, bit. And it, maybe it, you're a little bit hesitant well, as the new guy on the team, even though you're the alpha, to shoot the ball when you're open. Well, then let's talk about let's talk about this stage of Kevin Durant's career. We saw him very anxious before his debut. We saw how um, how he reacted to the to that press conference pep rally combo platter thing we did. This was the first home playoff game. Maybe he was concerned consumed by that anxiety. Maybe that first home playoff game kind of hit him the same way that first home game did. Maybe. Maybe his desire to to be uh, to be everything and always on the mark and not cause any waves and, and be KD. Maybe it's just it, maybe it's inside his head so much that mm-hmm. he just is having a hard time finding a, a perennial state of comfort. The best Kevin Durant is the the Kevin the part of the Kevin Durant that just doesn't give a rat's ass. Yeah, I agree. And, and so I think I think he needs to rediscover a little of that. I think he needs to re- rediscover a little more of that. Okay. I, this is I'm taking this over, so we're going to find out this uh, this whole game tonight is going to be to me uh, about many things. The urgency factor. I, I think you make a good point. There's a chance that the way the Suns came out and performed early made it look like they didn't have the sense of urgency. But I'll tell you this much: from watching three four days of playoff basketball, this doesn't look anything like the regular season. I mean, you could say that every year. Yes. This year, it doesn't look anything like the regular season. No. And so I, I think maybe the Suns are, are going to have to face that fact. 
that this you know might be harder than they think, and certainly harder than it was in those eight games with Kevin Durant. Yeah, you've got a chance to get to the game tonight. You could score the hottest ticket in town: Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word "ticket" to six twenty six twenty. That'll get you registered. Just listen for your name. We're going to call one out in the seven o'clock hour, one in the noon hour, one in the five o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for game two tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. Once again, that's ticket to six twenty six twenty. Coming up next, D-backs get a nice win to begin their series with the Cardinals in St. Louis, powered by Paven Smith. We'll get into D-backs daily straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Yeah, D-backs, after losing their first series of the year in Miami over the weekend, they move on to St. Louis to take on the uh, Cardinals. You know, that's uh, the birthplace of baseball. They invented baseball in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. No, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> They'll tell yes, you. They did. Uh, it did not take the Diamondbacks long to get on the board. Josh Rojas led off with a single, and Cattell Marte quickly knocked him in. Here's the pitch, and there's a swing and a base hit into center field. Charging in his newt bar, Rojas aggressively rounding third. The throw to the plate is cut off, and just like that, it's one nothing Diamondbacks, two batters into the game. You know, I could go for a newt bar right now. It sounds delicious. Oh, uh, Chris Garagiola, how do you feel about a newt bar, Jarrett? Uh, one nothing there, and that would stand until the sixth inning when the Cardinals tied things up off the bat of Wilson Contreras. Now the 2-2 is hit in the air to center. Thomas going back. He's on the run. It's over his head, and it's off the wall. Donovan scores easily as Contreras, with his second double of the night, ties the game at one. Yeah, 1-1 one, one after six into the seventh we would go. It was that guy, Cattell Marte, striking again, breaking the tie. High fly ball, left center field. Newt Bar back on the track, turns, looks, and it's gone. Solo home run for Cattell Marte. And the Diamondbacks are in front. It's 2-1. to one. And that was just the beginning in the seventh. 2-1 at that point. They knocked Jack Flaherty, the starter for St. Louis, out of the game. They bring in Pilate, the uh, reliever. And Paven Smith strides to the plate with the bases juiced. Big 2-2 pitch. Here comes curveball. Lifted in the air right center. Long run, Newpar. He's not going to be able to get it because it's gone. A grand slam for Paven Smith. And the Diamondbacks have busted it open in the seventh. 6-1 on Smith's first career grand slam. The Cardinals will get two in the eighth inning on a Burleson home run to make it 6-3. But Andrew Chafin came in yeah. and shut the door again, striking out two in the ninth to earn the save, his third of the year. And the D-backs earn a 6-3 victory over the St. Louis Cardinals and still in first place in the yeah. National League yeah. West. Yeah, that's one of the takeaways that they're still atop the National League West. Didn't expect that to happen. Um Two things about the game. Number one, Paven Smith. When when Kyle Lewis uh, came out of spring training, he was one of my picks to click, and and he got off to a great start. And when he went down with with whatever injury it was, um, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a bad break. This guy they had they had a guy that was really locked in. Paven Smith came in has just basically been that guy. Paven Smith has played six games, Beck. Yeah. He's tied for the team lead in RBIs yeah, with nine, and he just he just smoked a hanging curveball yesterday, and and that was the that was the swing of the game. And then Andrew Chafin, I'm I'm really glad to see this because you know my thoughts.
thoughts on this. If the Diamondbacks really are serious about being a playoff team, they need to lock down a closer who can lock down opponents. And and not in a Mariano Rivera fashion. I, I know that guy's not on staff now, but they need a guy. The by committee thing, it's it's too dicey. It, it rarely ever works, in my opinion. You're always looking and making sure you're trying to pick the right guy. And I give credit to you. You're the first one who, who broached this topic, at least from what I know. And I never looked at him as closer material. Never. I thought he was really nothing more than just your prototypical lefty who can come in if you've got a... Uh, if you've got a stretch of lineup where you might face two le- lefties and three hitters or three and five or or whatever, I, it never dawned on me. But he does have – he's got sneaky good athleticism. He fields the position incredibly well, and he does have that – he's got that attitude. He's got that vibe about Which is – I think so much of, of the makeup of Gotta a closer is you have to have the attitude. You have to have a lot of that moxie and the short memory, the the whole be a goldfish thing. Kind of like being a cornerback in the NFL. You have to be brash and you got to have a short memory for when you get beat. And the Diamondbacks, look, Tori Lovello had to shuffle the deck and he had to... Use well, I didn't have to. It was it was some experimentation. But the first three games that were saved by the Diamondbacks bullpen this year were all mm-hmm. saved by different guys. But Andrew Chafin has been that guy, and he's leaving very little doubt about his ninth inning appearances too. Yeah, uh, which is something the Diamondbacks haven't had in a really long time. Even when they've had, you know distinct closers in the past Mm -hmm. and you go back to the Fernando Rodney days he was the closer it was an adventure every time he stepped out on the mound yeah Brad Boxberger same thing right wow him um, Byung Hyun Kim, yeah, yeah. Listen, like I said, maybe this, maybe it's this way in all sports towns, but we have had a wacky relationships with closers in this town. Oh yeah, from Matt Manti. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, no, and, and it, most it baseball is. cities can can make that claim too. There's very few well, of those. You know, you, you used it, Mariano Rivera. The reason right. why he gets talked about so much is because he was the anomaly. The and, ones that don't have it had the same closer for 15 years is why they do that. Right, yes. and the Trevor Hoffman's yeah. of the world. So, so there's there's an obviously there's an art to being a closer. Generally, if you've got one just killer shutdown pitch, like Bruce Suter's, you know, split fingered fastball or Mar- Mariano. Rivera's cutter or Trevor Hoffman's changeup. Same thing. Or any of those guys that just came in and threw 99 mile an hour gas. Right, exactly. But there's three other elements. Number one, um, if you're a if you're a closer, you're protecting a lead, and which means if you don't, your team has squandered a chance to win. And there's there is psychological pressure internally among your group, among your teammates, that make that job very difficult. There's a sense of urgency from the other team. They know it's it's outs twenty. 25 through 27, the last three they're going to get, and then it's also the crush of eyes. To, to, to do it in a closing situation um, just increases the visibility of the position, and you've got you to be a special cat to deal with that. So yeah, and I didn't. I I never quite saw Andrew Chafin in that profile, but man, he he kind of does. He's kind of got some of that stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, Somebody must have tipped you off. I couldn't have figured that out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> And thank you to that anonymous tipster. All right. right. Uh, Merrill Kelly, by the way, a tip of the cap to him. Uh, He got his first win last night, went six innings, five hits, one run, uh, struck out three, and lowered the ERA to 2-5-3. And I I know every year it seems like we get to a certain point in the season where it, it turns into Merrill Kelly Appreciation Day. 
That guy is as steady as it gets. Yeah. You know, so far, he's had one shaky start this year, but finally got rewarded with the win last mm-hmm. night. And when you can hand the ball to him every fifth day, he doesn't miss time for injury. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't strike out double digits or put up big numbers, but he yeah. just gets the job done. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I can't say it enough. Older than Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> which seems insane because it seems like he's this guy. Like, oh, wow, the D-backs found a, you know, a number two or three starter they could build around for the next several years. This diamond in the rough, and he's already in his mid-30s. Yeah. That's, uh, that series continues uh, today in St. Louis, and you can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. You can also text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now as we wrap up D-backs daily. Coming up next, Suns and Clippers, just one ingredient in a very interesting stew in the Western Conference playoffs. We'll get into that straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. Fox with a rebound. Gives it up to Malik Monk with 225 to go. Long lead pass Harrison Barnes. Shoulders into the lane. Dumps to the corner. Davion has it. He drives. He kicks. Fox will step into a straightaway three. He's got the triple. Sacramento leads by six at 107-101. Led by six at that point. They'd go on to win it 114-106. An eight-point victory in game two. And very, very, very unfamiliar territory for the Golden State Warriors mm. of this championship era. It's the first time, Bick, they're down 0-2 in a series at How about any it? point. How about it? And it's yeah. the Sacramento yeah. Kings. And it's, it's again, I don't think it's that surprising. I think the home court advantage in this series is profound on both ends. So I could see this thing just being a battle of nerves and home crowds and going down to a Game 7 winner-take-all. But uh, what went down last night uh, proved a couple of different things. Number one, Sacramento's no joke. They, they play with a speed and a pace, and they've got some shooters, and it all kind of works for them. And this De'Aaron Fox kid, I, I kind of forgot that this was the dude who just lit up Lonzo Ball in the NCAA tournament and said, I wanted revenge against his dad. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> he, went like for, against yeah, he went like for 38 on one end and then smothered him defensively on the other and said it was because I was pissed at his dad. <laughs> So you want to go down this road again since we are in Phoenix. Remember De'Aaron Fox could have been a son. I I do know that. I do know that. Remember who they picked? Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Jackson. That's him. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) the guy. You couldn't even think of the name. No, that's the guy. He's out of basketball. That's... <laughs> okay, so there's that. Then there's the Draymond Green incident last night that's going to really test the NBA and its sense of justice here because um, it was quite an interesting thing that happened. If you haven't seen the play, Demonis Sabonis was holding on to his leg like Jeff Van Gundy and Alonzo Mourning, <laughs> right? And so Draymond couldn't shake free, so Draymond decided to kind of get a retribution, put his foot on dude's rib cage and stepped on him and jumped over him. Yeah. Then Demonis Sabonis was acted like he got hit with a rifle. Which he did. Yeah, he did act like that. There he was, did act like that. But again, some overreaction. Right. Oh, both, absolutely. Both ways. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I don't think it was that hard for Draymond Green to step out of what he was no, stepping out of. No, absolutely not. He didn't have to go with the where he went. And then, then while they're reviewing it, the scene with the crowd taunting him and then him 
egging them on, I'm like, Adam Silver is not going to like this. This is this is the NBA doesn't want this. No, and Draymond Green does that. He makes a spectacle of himself when he gets ejected from games. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It. You know, I hate to keep going back to this card, but he went full WWE. He's like, he's a performer at that point. That's here was right. His, here was his explanation. My leg got grabbed. Second time in two nights. Referees just watch it. I got to land my foot somewhere. And I'm not the most flexible person, so it's not stretching that far. So you didn't really see where you were stepping? You just I, I can only step so far. I'm pulling my leg away, so... Is what it is. I'm not the most flexible yeah, no, person. This, this, is, this is from a guy who, right. who somehow can kick uh, unnaturally and get guys in the How groin area or it? in the head. So we all know it was a dirty play. Even though Draymond Green is right, this is twice now this has happened to him in two games. They, he's accurate about that. I've seen both plays. Um, it, and we all know that this is BS, the line he's putting out there right now. But is it plausible BS? He called it on his own Instagram story last night a solid basketball play and said nothing to see here, solid basketball play. If you watch it in real time, you can buy the, I was trying to get my leg loose and I get it loose and I'm just like trying to step over him. If you watch it slow down at all, you can see he gets his leg loose. He intentionally yeah. lines it up and steps down. Yes. Like, anybody who's anybody who's played basketball and has had that happen to him, you know the common response would be to pull your leg and hop step again with your left leg and get your right leg out of danger. You do not step down on a person. Yeah, That's the last thing you do because then you're gonna you're gonna fall yourself. So my point is, Dan, you're a lot more flexible than Draymond Green. Ha, Come on, I, yeah, Please, right. You could do a move. No, like but that. what I'm just saying, it just it's it's absurd to think that that. That's natural. That's not what you do to get out of something like that. Your no. body's weight would be moving in a different direction. You're going that way, yeah. and your left leg is leading you, and you're, you're going to clear your right leg before you land it. Yeah, here was uh, Demonis Sabonis' reaction and uh, his side of the story. Uh, you know, I'm, I love the competition. I love the playoffs. You know, the challenge I'm taking on the Warriors. Um, you know, I got hit earlier in the, in, in the game in the draw there, so when I fell, you know, I was kind of protecting myself, and then obviously the incident happened, and I feel like um, there's no... There's no room for that in our game today. That shot that Sabonis took to the jaw, man, he was he was dazed for mm. a while. And the, the attention he was paying to it, and then you see the replay, it was just a really unorthodox-looking play where he, his, his head goes down and you know just rams into to a defender's leg. Just strange play. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Now, this falls on the NBA and the spectacle that Draymond Green turned that into. And yes, everything he does is kind of a spectacle along those lines. But we've seen the NBA rule before. A mm-hmm. big-time suspension in a series... For a championship that Golden State lost once upon a time to the Cleveland Cavaliers, that involved the Draymond Green suspension. So mm-hmm. they've ruled harshly against him in the past. Uh, and I wonder what that does. If if they're down 0-2 and they're going back to San Francisco and they don't have Draymond Green for, for, for Game 3, and that really puts the pressure on them, I wonder what the reaction is for the rest of the Warriors. For a teammate, obviously, who's a main ingredient in what they do, but man, you want to talk about letting a team down at that point when you need, when you're needed the most? No that could change the whole complexion. Without a doubt, yeah. You so now that might nullify whatever advantage you get by playing at Oracle, and now you are down 0-3. Yeah. So, it, but see, here's the difference. Now, David Stern, as we know, was a very heavy-handed com- commissioner. We learned that better than anybody in Phoenix. 
Adam Silver, I forget the incident. He had he had something similar to this a couple years ago, I want to say, and he, and he showed great mercy to the player. It might have even been Draymond. I, I know there was an incident like this where a player did something very untoward, could have been suspended, and the commissioner's like, you know what, I'm not going to penalize this series. I'm not going to penalize his teammates. We'll, penal- we'll punish the player, but we're just not going to attack the or compromise the integrity of this series. Mm-hmm. I don't know which way they're going to go. But but Adam Silver in the past has has been a look the other way kind of guy. To listen to the palaver, which he can do because he's got eyes in the back of his yeah. head. Yeah, right you ever there. see this guy, Jared? I actually fear that he's going to be uh, overly sympathetic to the Kings because he looks so much like a scepter. <laughs> <laughs> But this thing of the, like the, the the landscape and how it's changed in the Western Conference in the first three uh-huh. days of the playoffs, the Clippers win Game One in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, not a major upset, but you know, a mild surprise. We'll call it that. John Morant gets injured in Game One for for the Grizzlies, changes possibly everything in that series, and oh by the way, leaves the game and the Lakers win Game One, a victory powered by two guys you wouldn't think would power their victories in Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Yeah. True. Um, and now you got this whole thing with Golden State in weird territory down 0-2 and Draymond Green's future in doubt. Well, here's the other thing, though. Like, How much all season long did we talk about teams are going to be angling to get that seed to play the Kings? Yes. That they want to play the Kings. Mm-hmm. They'd rather play the Kings than get you know actually better seed. And this is one of those be careful what you wish for kind of things. Everybody disrespected the Kings all year. Yes. We talked about it yesterday in oh, Hardware. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the promo the TNT showed leading up to that game was all Steph Curry highlights. I'll say this, and I can't say it with any certainty. I can talk about the energy level at Footprint Center in the playoffs over the last three years has been off the charts. Mm-hmm. I think it's been surpassed at Golden One Center. A 16-year drought for a small market fan base who doesn't get a lot of attention anyway, and they don't really have anything else to root for in a professional sports um, way. That place is nuts. It's insane. There's nothing like it in the NBA. It's sort of recovered. It's regained that image it had back in the day. Light the beam. Yeah. And I I think maybe teams, to Jarrett's point, that were angling at the end of the season, like, "Eh, and we saw the Clippers flirt with it in that final regular season game. They didn't exactly exert themselves 100% because that possibility of maybe drawing Sacramento in the first round. They didn't consider that crowd at Golden 1 Center. I wouldn't want to face that crowd four times. No, same, same. I don't know if you saw Rob Myers, president of the uh, Warriors. It was on social media. There was a dude right behind him banging a cowbell all game long right in the dude's ear. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you get there. That's what you get there. Yeah, so interesting stuff in the Western Conference, including here in Phoenix, game two tonight. And a lot of people were asking the question, Just how good are the Phoenix Suns heading into the playoffs? Well, tonight we find out. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.